Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 25 of Connection Not Perfection. Welcome to Connection Not Perfection, the podcast that helps parents and teens connect using literature, laughter, and love. Hey there, I'm Amy, also known as the Ish Girl, and I am so glad that you've joined me today. I am super excited because this is the final installment of the Connection Not Perfection Summer Lit Club, and we're going to be talking about Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Adeyemi. Now, before we jump in, I want to remind you that you have until midnight on Monday night, August 13th, to sign up for the CNP Summer Lit Club and be entered to win one of those six Amazon gift cards that I'm giving away in my summer sweepstakes. Now, if you haven't signed up yet, be sure to visit theishgirl.com, that's T-H-E-I-S-H-G-I-R-L.com and do that. Plus, you can check out how to get multiple entries into the sweepstakes there. Now, one of the ways to do that is to take the survey that I have posted on my homepage. I would love to have your feedback, and it is just one more way to win one of those gift cards. So I'll be giving away the sweepstake gift cards during my Facebook Live event on Tuesday. That's Tuesday, August 14th at 3 o'clock Central Time in the afternoon. Okay. As I said, we are talking about Children of Blood and Bone today, and it is literally one of the hottest new YA books out there right now. Not only was there a seven-figure auction for the publishing rights for it, there was also a seven-figure auction for the movie rights, and that was before the book even came out. This book has been featured on all kinds of news sources. There was an interview with the author, Tomi Adeyemi, on Good Morning America, She was also featured on The Tonight Show as part of Jimmy Fallon's Summer Read. And so she has just been all over out there talking about this book of hers. So I was so excited to read it. And in a season where diverse books are king, Tomi Adeyemi has really knocked it out of the park with this West African mythology-inspired story. But as many accolades as it's received, I have to be honest here. It really did take me a while to get into this book. With the number of characters, it was a little bit overwhelming, and I really found myself flipping back and forth between the pages to remind myself who was who within the first probably third of the book. In fact, I was even a little nervous that that I had picked this book for the Connection Not Perfection Summer Lit Club because it was the only one of the three that I had not read beforehand. And as I got into it, um, like I said, I was having a little bit of difficulty, but I stuck with it and I am so glad that I did because not only did the pace really pick up during those last two thirds of the book, I really ended up falling in love with those characters. Now at its heart, Children of Blood and Bone is really um, a hero's story, a monomyth, if you will. And the heroine in the story is actually a character named Zaylee, and she has to go on a quest to try to obtain three very magical special artifacts, gather them together, and use them on a solstice in order to bring power back to her people, her people who have been oppressed and abused under the rule of the monarchy for the past several years. And that oppression started with something that they called the raid. And during the raid, Zaylee actually sees her mother murdered. So that is kind of the setup for 
the story that you have. And so having said that, I'd really like to share those characters with you that I talked about just a moment ago that I really loved, just to give you kind of a, a starting place for talking about children of blood and bone. First, you had Zaylee, the fiercely determined diviner, which is the term that they use for a child magi, and we'll get more into that in a few minutes. Then you have Zaylee's older brother, her protective older brother, Zane, who is working to safeguard his sister, Zaylee, and also his father, who was just left a broken mess of a man after his wife was murdered. And you also have Amari, who is the sheltered princess who's running from her father, the king, after she witnesses him murder her uh, her good friend, who was also her maid, uh, Benta. Amari's older brother is Inan. I hope I'm saying that right. Inan, Inan. He's a very ambitious prince who really wants to please his father and wants to prepare himself to be the new king of Orisha, the country that they're in. And Ainan's fear and prejudice really threaten Zaylee and Zane and all of the diviners and the magical group of people who live in Orisha. Now, as their stories weave together, a really beautiful picture starts to emerge. And by beautiful, I mean beautiful from a writer's perspective. I mean, it's an exciting book, obviously. I've mentioned that already. But the the skillful way that Adeyemi has, has woven this together really opens up this world that is about this country that's traumatized by their power-hungry king. And it's about these people, the magi, who've been marginalized because of their gifts of magic. And it's something that they can't hide because they were marked by the gods with this identifying feature of having snow white hair. And the snow white hair is something that contrasts with their dark skin. There is this religion that is built on the belief in a group of gods who were created by the Sky Mother. And each of these gods embody a different fragment of her soul. And the people of the Magi have the gifts that are kind of defined by those fragments. So it's all very interesting. You have the story of a young girl who is tasked with this huge job of bringing that magic back to her people. Now, the magic disappeared on the night of the raid. I mentioned that earlier, the night that Zaylee and Zane's mother was killed. She was a magi and they realized somehow the king was able to just kind of zap magic from the whole country. And we, we don't yet understand um, even in this book how and why and that kind of thing. So you also have this princess Amari who has finally risen up to, to kind of fight back against the tyranny just within her family. Like we're not even talking the tyranny of the monarchy in general, but just within her own family, she sees her father um, murder her dearest friend who is her her maid Benti and so she runs away because of it and she runs away with one of those artifacts that Zaylee is going to be searching for and Amari is just really inspired to dig down and find courage because of the sacrifice that her her dear friend Benta made now those artifacts that I was talking about these three things promise to restore the diviner's power. If Zaylee can get them to a particular spot in their world on a specific date in order to kind of reawaken the magic. So it is just, um, it's quite the adventure. Now, 
in the media, Children of Blood and Bone has really been likened to like Harry Potter or the Hunger Games. And um, I, I think I've heard the author compare it to like um, the Black Panther, but with magic. And she's talked about the last airbender being part of her inspiration. And um, I have to say, in the show notes, I have included a link to some of those articles. Um, it's a, actually a link to Tomi Adeyemi's website where it lists some of the media outlets that she's been featured in. And I just highly suggest that you go and look at those if you're curious at all about how she was inspired for this story and the impact and significance she hopes that it will make. Now, most fascinating to me within this story were each of the characters' personal journeys and the way that they grew and changed along the way. Um, kind of think along the lines of Luke Skywalker and the way he kind of grew up throughout the Star Wars trilogy. And I also really loved their intertwined relationships. There's Zaylee's quest to bring those three artifacts all together by the solstice. There is Amari's transformation from a timid, um, really nagged young lady. She's nagged by her mom and kind of abused by her dad. So she transforms from this person of um, almost cowardly timidity to a woman of confidence and to the point where she actually kind of announces herself as the future queen of Orisha. I also really loved the two sets of siblings. You had Zane and Zaylee, and you had Inan and Amari. And what I thought was so interesting about each of those relationships was they were almost kind of different sides of the same coin, I would say. So Zane is exceptionally protective of Zaylee and wants to make sure she's taken care of and saved. And he goes on this quest with her because it's the only thing he can do because he has to protect her. It's just such a part of him. Now with Amari and Inan, it's a very complex relationship because their father was very abusive and he apparently had a family before Amari and Inan and their mom who were all killed. And because of that experience, he is really hard on Amari and Inan and wants to make sure that they are tough. And part of that is making them fight against one another, which is horrific because I think at one point when they were younger, Inan has really um, wounded Amari, like literally physically like sliced into her back with a sword, that kind of wounding at a time. It sounds like it was kind of a moment of truth where their father was forcing them to fight one another and Amari wouldn't but Inan in his desperation to please his father um, kind of bit the bullet and hurt his sister and that haunts him so he is actually chasing after Amari who has run away from the palace Amari ends up you know in that magical way that happens in books sometimes on the run with Zaylee and Zane as they are trying to escape as well. So anyway, it's just very interesting relationships. Now, the other relationship that I thought was very fascinating was the one between um, Zaylee and Inan. And there was really this dark pool there. It was almost, it was definitely attraction, but there was also the fear and the hatred that Inan had towards Zaylee and all of her magical people. And so just watching that whole interaction and and as you're watching the story develop, you're seeing that Inan is experiencing all of these um, magical powers that are starting to emerge. And so watching him deal with that and 
um, kind of further his relationship with Zaylee. They have this special connection through um, his dreams. And so that part, again, is really fascinating. Now, I really did get caught up in the adventure of all of it as Inan chased Zaylee and Zane and Amari across Orisha. And as they discovered their heritage piece by piece, as they figured out exactly where the different artifacts were and went through all of the trials to get them, I loved all of that and I was really absorbed in it and unlike the previous two Connection Not Perfection Summer Lit Club books which were What to Say Next and Moxie as I read those books I could really kind of stop and identify the different issues that were going on but with Children of Blood and Bone I was just quickly reading through to figure out what was going to happen next. In those other two books there were some very clear issues that I was able to highlight things like bullying and family relationships, depression and sexual harassment and in Children of Blood and Bone, because the adventure of the story kept me moving pretty quickly, it was only afterwards that I was really able to sit down and think about and mine the issues from the story. And I, I really looked at things like family relationships and courage, emotional and physical abuse, grief, and fear about the future. And Typically, those are the issues that I kind of pull questions from to share with you guys to talk to your kids about. But in this story, that is not what I really focused on. Because as I reflected on the book, those things were not the things that most impacted me. What most impacted me was kind of this cultural overlay in this book that were impactful in areas of things like social justice and prejudice. Because those themes are definitely a big part of this book. So in the plight of the Magi of the Orisha, you really do feel the familiar echoes of that social injustice and in the prejudice that we see and the slurs that are used by the, um, the ruling class in Orisha. Um, there are traces of the ones that are perpetuated in our world. And I would even say the violence and the trauma of this story are a subtle reflection of the same kinds of things that happen here in our very real, very broken world. So in weaving her fantastical story, Tomi Adeyemi really artfully draws attention to the things that are happening in our reality in a way, and, and I know this because of the interviews that I've seen and because of her author's note at the end of the book, she does this in a way that she hopes will inspire people to awareness and to action. And through the various eyes of her characters, we see the effects of fear and prejudice in the wide-scale ethnic cleansing, in, um, I would say, in the personal devastation of these kids who have lost parents and friends in the horrific torture of Zaylee towards the end of the book that she endures because she is trying to fight fight back against this king and restore magic to her people. We see it in King Saren's desperate grasp for maintaining power, and we see it in the unquenchable hope of this very oppressed people. So I would say that this book is the perfect vehicle to talk to your teens about racism and prejudice and bias. 
and even about privilege and opportunity and equality as well. So to help you do just that, I have created some discussion questions for children of blood and bone that I have put in my free resource library on my website. And if that is something that you are interested in using, you can follow the link in my show notes to sign up for access to that resource library so you can find the questions there. Now, I'll be talking more about the themes of injustice and oppression in Children of Blood and Bone on Tuesday during my Facebook Live event at 3 o'clock Central Time. Now, there's a link to my Facebook page in the show notes, and you can join me at 3 o'clock on Tuesday to, to discuss that with me. I would love to hear your insights and your thoughts and questions about the book when I talk about it then. Now, the other thing I would really like to encourage you to do right now is to sign up for my weekly email. As I've shared before on different episodes, in my weekly email about each of the podcasts, I share stories and information that I do not share anywhere else. And this week, in fact, I shared the story of a very pivotal event that happened when I was 19, when kind of the curtain was pulled back for me and my eyes were opened to the very real prejudice and injustice in our world. So if you want to see behind the curtain of the ish girl, be sure to use the link in my show notes to sign up for that weekly email. I just I long to share these personal bits with you. And the way that I do that is through that email. Now, just one last thought. If you haven't yet read Children of Blood and Bone, I highly encourage you to pick it up. It is an engaging read with a really unique, beautiful world and a very impactful message. And I am just really looking forward to talking to you guys about that more on Tuesday during my Facebook Live event. Now, until next time, from an ish girl who cannot wait to see whose names will come up when I draw for the Connection Not Perfection sweepstake prizes, It is all about connection, not perfection.